What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, oh, great crossover. Got Just him. Fournier. <laughs> hey, that's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode number 58 of the DC Crossover. I am Ben Simpson, that is Mike Cerrone. You can find the show on iTunes and now Spotify as well. Shout out to the Spotify listeners. We have heard you, and now the show is available on there as well. Uh, With Spotify, it's a little different. Subscribing, you follow the show on Spotify, so follow that and get notified of new episodes. And, of course, find us on The Contender, streaming live every week starting on Tuesdays. I like that Tuesday at noon slot, Mike, is my favorite. Because right. you got Bill Rowland, who does his show from at 10 o'clock, and then you got our show starting at noon. So if you really want to catch some great DC content, start with the live show that Bill Rowland does at 10, um, and then it leads right into our podcast at noon, if you so choose to listen to us on Tuesdays. There's other time slots as well. Go to contender.com for more details. That's contender with a K. And be sure to go back and check out um, our Backyard Baseball draft, Mike. Um, Got some hype. Got some hype. We did get some hype. We had some folks, (laughs) uh, we had some Twitter discourse about the the podcast. We had some um, people analyzing our picks. It was a lot of fun. Find us on Twitter at the DC Crossover 
for myself, and that's Cerrone, 16 for Mike. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Mike, I mean, I think all in all, we drafted pretty well. I think there were some questionable picks early for you. I think I, here's what I think. I think I won the big, the, like the first half of the draft, and I think you won probably the second half of the draft. So I think we came out relatively even. Um, but if you guys want to hear what we're talking about, go listen to that episode. Go download the Backyard <laughs> Baseball Draft. How are you today, Mr. Cerrone? Well, uh, prior to getting on here, I uh, started choking. So uh, yeah. basically, that's why, <laughs> that's why I told you I was like, hey, I was trying to log on. Then I started just dying of cough. So hopefully I can... Uh, I hope you make it. I hope you make it through the I'm show. I'm trying to make it right now. Um, but uh, yeah, so doing okay, doing okay. Um, that ba- uh, backyard baseball draft uh, really sparked some interest because now people are trying to download it and go and play it and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm going to try to do that uh, at some point. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a really fun episode. So definitely go check that out. Uh, available available for download uh, on all the podcasting apps and also on the Contender as well. But definitely, definitely think that you definitely won. I would say maybe lean toward your side for the beginning. Sure. Because I still had Keisha Phillips. Keisha Phillips is Flash. Right. And, but uh, I had Pablo Sanchez, <laughs> who automatically you get the first pick in that draft, and you're just set basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. I told my mom we were doing that draft, and she's like, oh, yeah, Pablo Sanchez. And I was like, I, my mom ne- never played that game in her life. It's a she just knows name, how, man. It's a household how name. much I played the game. She just knows. So right. it's pretty crazy. But uh, definitely love that. Definitely go back and check that. And we're also going to be doing some other draft stuff. Yes. Ben, I'm sure you'll mention it um, in, in a little bit. But uh, just a little pre-show banter right now. Um, I, I just had to share a gripe real quick. All right. So this takes me back to our old segment on our old podcast. If you're a longtime listener, what grinds right. our gears? That was the oh, segment yeah. where Mike and I both complained about. So we might bring that back. We'll see. We'll see. But let's we let's might, hear your yeah. version of it right now. So what grinds my gears right now? Wait, is, I think I have the sound the sound clip here. You still have it? I, I have to still have it unless unless oh. I deleted it. I might. It might. Oh, please have it. Man, do I still have it? Going through all my soundboards, I've got like three different soundboards here. Ooh, I don't know if it made it. Made it, man. I, I don't got, know if it made it. There's the we organized. Oh wait, here we go, Mike. You know what really grinds my gears? 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 You America, and that people is what grinds my gears. <laughs> I found <laughs> the throwback. I found. Look it. at that, Ben on the fly doing the grinds my gears intro. So. I have a couple things that grind my gears. One, I put on Twitter, at Saron16, if you want to follow me on there for all, as Ben says, my hot takes. So hot. So sizzling hot. I put on there that pollen is literally as useful as, like, a gnat. Right. I, I just can't stand it. Like, I go outside, and my car has just, like, gotten a paint job from pollen, and it just it irks me because it's all over my door handle, and I'm going to start sneezing, and it just, it, just, it just sucks. But that's not what has been uh, really irking me lately. It's the drivers on the road lately because of the sole fact that people are going back to work. And I think people on quarantine or whatever you want to call it, uh, staying in and working from home, have forgotten how to drive. Forgot how to drive. Oh, yeah. They they just don't understand. I, okay, so going to one of my schools is in Vienna, and I have to go down Lawyer's Road and a, and a couple other uh, roads that connect to it. And the, the, the speed limit is like 35 or 45 or something. This lady in front of me is literally going 20 miles an hour, and I have to do, as a specialist in, the, in elementary school, I have to do duties in the morning. So I have a crosswalk duty I have to get to, you know, so the kids you know, cross yeah, you safely. Gotta, we gotta, I, I would feel good if my kid 
if you were the right. crossing guard for my child. Right. Well, I'm big enough so the buses can see me. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so basically, when I was uh, on my way, I was going to get there in plenty of time. No, no, no big deal. But going 10, 15 under the speed limit for about six, seven miles. Yeah. And, and it's not like you're going like 55 in like a 70. We're going literally like at a snail's pace. There is 20 cars backed up behind me. I actually blew the horn. I was so pissed Ooh. off while we were driving. That, now, that's like the tip of the iceberg. When you really have to blow your horn while driving, like not like when someone cuts you off or you know, you're about to get an accident. It's not like a four-way, I mean, somebody's doing something bad. Right. Or like you said, uh, at a light, somebody's taking a while. They're looking down, and the light turns exactly. green. You lay on the horn. This was literally while on the road. That is a while on a, a one-lane road or a two-lane road, whatever you want to call it. Like you know, one back and forth, yeah. whatever they call that. And <laughs> I think literally, that's called a two-lane road. It's got is it called a two-lane road? Okay. Um, so <laughs> whatever. Uh, so basically, when we're going, I get so frustrated. I'm like, I- I'm like shaking. I'm getting so pissed off because I'm like, lady, you're pressing the brake. You're already going under the speed limit. Why are you slowing down even more? No one's in front of you. There's no, there's no obstructions, and nothing's happening. So I'm just like laying on my horn for about five, ten seconds. I'm just so frustrated. And she lays on, the, lays on the brake like I scared her or something. And it's not an old lady. It's like a middle-aged woman. Sure. And, and I'm just like, come on. Please go. Like, I got a place to be right now. Did she look and- at you through the rear view at all? Did you guys have some awkward eye contact? Uh, you know, I did kind of search for that yeah. because I was like putting my hands up in the air and stuff like that. But she just, she just kept on going 25 miles an hour in like a 40 or whatever it wow. was. And I was just so frustrated to the point where, I mean, when you blow the horn, like I said, where it's not like you said, where it's like a normal instance, like trying to get someone's attention or something of that nature. I was just trying to say, please just go, go like it. Oh my God. It irked me. So then another time, uh, this one doesn't really have to deal with, um, I guess it deals with traffic control. So I'm going back to school, okay? Um, in the mi- in the middle of the day, I have like an hour and a half break or something like that. He's so I try a teacher, to the by the way, people. He doesn't go back yeah. to school like he's not a student. Yes, yes, I'm a teacher. <laughs> uh, so I had like a like a break in the middle of my day. So I'm like, I'm gonna hit the gym real quick and go back. So I'm literally probably 15 minutes from school, and I leave about 20 minutes before you know my class is about to start. So I literally get to this part in the road where it's just dead stop traffic, and I'm like what's happening here? like what what's going on there's a tree that's blocking two of the four lanes of the road i was on but instead of saying hey let's open up one lane let traffic go let's block off all four lanes for 15 minutes oh no and right in the middle for of mike's drive 15 home. minutes oh God. i was no it was, i was going back yeah, to yeah, school back to, to school. teach that's my last yeah, yeah, yeah. teach my last class oh, and i was no. oh i was dying i was like my hands were i was gripping the steering wheel so tight that my hands were getting like like white, like like bloodshot white or whatever they want to call it. If you haven't been around Mike, which I mean, none of you guys probably have. <laughs> if you haven't been around Mike when he is angry, especially road rage wise, it is a sight to behold. Because Mike yeah. will casually have a conversation with you from the passenger seat, and then you'll see him like turn his head over to because he's watching somebody do something stupid on the road, and he'll I'm not going to say the bad words here. We're on the radio, <laughs> but you know he'll throw out some some colorful language, and then he'll go back right into the conversation talking to you about yep. Bryce Harper and Philly and stuff like that. So, but you're a very good multitasker road rager. I think is what oh, it's yeah. called. That's definitely right. Because I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a road rage person. Sure. I would just say that. I don't like stupidity on the road no. when it when it's like I mean and I, I like if someone's gonna cut you off or something like that you're just like oh you Jack a star star and obviously that's my uh, you know uh, bleeping that was really for, good job of bleeping it 
Thanks. Uh, but yeah, so like like you said, I say something and then I go right back to talking or go right back to you know singing a song or, or doing whatever. Mike, or if you're talking to Mike on on the Bluetooth, like like right. I'm in my car and he's in his car and we're having a conversation on Bluetooth. We'll, we'll be in the middle of a conversation, then Mike will break in every now and then to tell a driver what he should do with his head, um, and I'm not going <laughs> to repeat what it is. But right. if you see Mike on the roads, and, and you'll see him because he's got the uh, Redskin sticker on the back of his car. I'm not going to say you're making model of your car or anything. I don't want people yep. to stalk you, but yep, um, you'll see it. But uh, but yeah, be nice to him. All right, don't right. drive 20 right. miles an hour under the speed limit because that, I just, that, I is, get that ru- is terrible. I get really frustrated when it's just stupidity. Right. Like, and I'm and she could have you know been scared about something or had some traumatic experience yesterday. But at the same time, it's like then don't drive. Like, I right. mean, when you're going 15, 20 miles under the speed limit on a one lane road or two lane road, whatever, <laughs> going going whatever it is, going going you know de- where I can't pass. There's no like you know uh, uh, checkered line or what do they call it? Um, Whatever, not it's not double yellow, but whatever, and, and whatever the lines are called. I didn't. I haven't You're been in the DMV guard, in a while. Man, you're supposed to know these things. So they test you. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, they tested me to stand out, stand out in the crosswalk. Got to hold sure. the sign. No. Go stop and go. So I, no, I, no, that's that's my co-teacher. My co-teacher is doing that one. Oh. I don't have the stop sign. He has a stop sign. Okay. okay. Um, you and, you but, didn't uh, get that responsibility. You, you didn't. Pass. No, I didn't. You didn't get a good didn't, upgrade on the test. I didn't get that one. Um, but yeah, there's also times that me and you are doing voice messages, mainly me. Sure. But I'll do like a voice message to you, and then all of a sudden I'll like break the voice message just to like cuss somebody out right. that's doing something stupid on the road because I'm driving a lot too. But anyways. Yeah. That's my little gripe. I'm not. Re- it's not really grinding my gears uh, too much, but obviously going back to school and go or going back. I should say going back to work now. I should clarify that going back to work and doing different things like that. There's a lot of people that are just forgetting how to drive because they've been at home for so long. So it's just oh man. It I just, think it, it just, counts. I think it counts as grinding oof. your gears, and I feel like that segment should come back. So if you like, if you have something that grinds your gears and you want to let us know, best ways to get in touch with the show is tweet us. At the DC crossover, you can also email us if you would like. DCCrossoverGmail.com. We have a Gmail. We're, you we're, we have a YouTube channel. We'll start getting the videos up there and uh, f- uh, subscribe to that show as well. We'll put links and stuff like that on social media. Let's get into what has happened this past week in DC sports. It is time for the rewinds. This is from Monday through when we are recording the show. Anything that happens after the show, just a couple games later tonight, we're not going to be able to get to those. The Washington Wizards will lead off with Mike. How about those Washington Wizards? Three and zero so far this week. They do play Cleveland tonight at seven p.m. Eastern. Uh, we are recording this on Sunday before the game, so we'll see what happens there. But as of this point, three and zero this week. Monday beat OKC one nineteen one zero seven. First of two against the Thunder this week. The Russell Westbrook revenge games. The first one goes to the Wizards. Bradley Beal putting up thirty. Russ giving the 17 assists, another triple-double. Bertans gets hot, hits six three-pointers. Gafford perfect from the floor. This Your game man. was unbelievable. Wednesday, the Wizards faced, against, uh, faced off against Golden State. Steph Curry uh, didn't get the win this time. 118-114, the Wizards won uh, because Beal and Curry, not a great shooting night from either of them. Westbrook, another triple-double. Gafford, 19-10-3. The, the revenge of Daniel Gafford against the DC crossover <laughs> continues. And then Friday, beating OKC 129-109. Um, it was a close game at half, and then it was all DC in the second half. 55% from the field with, between Russ and Beal, 70 points. And Westbrook continues narrowing 
down to Oscar Robertson's record for triple doubles. Unbelievable. And then Sunday playing Cleveland. And I'll tell you, we'll talk about the Wiz in a little bit, but this team is red hot. Another team that's pretty hot, Mike, this week, the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals went 2-0 this week. Two very, very, very important games. We talked about it last episode that they had a few days to kind of get their skates back under them, get a little bit of rest uh, before these two important games against the New York Islanders. And Thursday, they beat the Isles 1-0 in overtime in the shootout, which was a very, very important game. The battle for first place in the Mass Mutual East goes in favor of the boys in D.C. as Ilya Samsonov holds firm in between the pipes. Backstrom and Kuznetsov score in the shootout to bring home two points and sole possession of first place because before that game they had all equal standings the same exact records and that one was for sole possession of first place caps get the two points aisles get the one point and on Saturday, they beat the Isles again 6-3. Garnett Hathaway scores quick to get the Caps on the board first. The score is about 4-3 heading into the third, but the visiting Caps score two more with lasers from Kuznetsov and Sprong off the faceoff to put the game out of reach. The Caps grab four points total this past weekend and hold New York to only one in this crucial two-game set on the road. Both games were in Brooklyn. After this week... The Isles go from tied to first and now to third in the East with the Pens winning three straight. Now the Pens, uh, who just beat Boston, have won four straight games. And the Caps and Pens lead the NHL in goals scored this season with D.C. scoring 3.54 goals per game and the Pittsburgh Penguins 3.5 even. So right now, the Caps and Pens, the rivals, 1-2 in the East. Now moving on to the Washington Nationals. The Nats this week, 3-3 three and three, uh, on the week. First off, they did win the series against St. Louis. Started off on Monday, rough game, 12-5. Joe Ross, his first bad outing of the year. He gave up four bombs, 10 earned runs, killed his ERA, which sucks because Joe Ross has actually been pretty good. We'll get to some grades for Joe Ross later on. Tuesday, Nats came back after losing that Monday game. They came back in 1-3-2. Corbin actually pitched pretty well. Uh, can't say the same about today, but <laughs> went six innings, shutout baseball. Davey pulls him at 76 pitches. Kind of interesting there. A couple runs in the eighth. Nats get the win. Uh, Wednesday, beat the Cardinals again. one nothing. Mad Max, another great outing for him. Um, six scoreless, nine Ks. Brad Hand gets his third save. Friday, this was the big marquee series of the weekend. Nats, Mets, DeGrom goes out and just throws an absolute gem. 15 Ks, two hitters. Nats had nothing doing. Still no Juan Soto in this lineup, but still 6-0 lost to the Mets. Saturday, the Nats came back the next day. Joe Ross, another good outing, uh, especially after coming off of the bad outing that he had uh, back on Monday. Gives the team six innings, one earned run. Marcus Stroman, who had been really hot, doesn't pitch well for the Mets in this game. And then today, Sunday, Nats lose 4-0. Could only manage five hits. Base running errors galore, especially the first couple innings. Uh, Josh Harrison gets picked off at first base. Victor Robles uh, gets thrown out at third, uh, trying to stretch a double into a triple. Nats, uh, not a great day, gets shut out 4 nothing. So 3-3 three and three week for the Washington Nationals. And we'll finish things up with the Washington football team. The Washington football team had two former players, Alex Smith and Jordan Reed, retire from the NFL this past week. Multiple teams, surprisingly, I did not know this, reached out to Alex Smith prior to his decision to retire to see if they wanted to join their team. Uh, and one of them was the Jacksonville Jaguars, who said that Urban Meyer wanted him to uh, basically be a mentor to Trevor Lawrence. 
Uh, so I guess that means Trevor Lawrence is a guaranteed bona fide number one pick, uh, if that pretty much guarantees it for you. Uh, John Keim also writes about possible QB options in the later rounds for the WFT this weekend. High ceiling guys, David Mills from Stanford, Kyle Trask from Florida, and a high experience guy, Kellen Mon from Texas A&M, and also a wild card that could be in the third day of the draft, Jamie Newman, who started at Wake Forest and ended his career at Georgia. So those are three names, or I should say four names, to check out possibly this week for the NFL Draft. By the way, people, because the draft is this week, be sure to get all your live coverage of the draft on The Contender, contender.com. Mike is going to be having some clips played for his draft analysis, and I'm sure they'll be doing some live stuff as well. So go to the contender.com on draft night um, for all your draft coverage. And Mike and I on our next episode will recap the Washington football team's draft. We'll dive into all their picks. We'll share our thoughts. So look forward to that. We'll finally be getting into some football talk on the show um, with the NFL draft looming. We'll see where my Detroit Lions end up uh, with, with, their, with their top ten picks. So let's head to the crossover here. This is where we jump around to these teams, give some more in-depth thoughts. We'll kick things off with the Washington Wizards. Nice timing. Nice timing. The Washington Wizards, the red, hot Washington Wizards, 26-33 and 33 as of this recording, 10th in the Eastern Conference. They are just now in the playoff spot right now. Again, 10 teams make it this year in the new format. The Wizards, if the season ended right now, would make it in. Seven-game win streak heading into tonight. Um, this team... Ninth in the league in points per game, 10th in the league in rebounds per game, 13th in assists, 30th in points allowed. No defense in D.C., but they are <laughs> able to put up the points, and they've got the win streak going. And, Mike, I mean, I think us, along with a lot of folks, had kind of written this team off when they had these losing spells, four games, five games in a row. They had a lot of losing streaks, especially coming out of the All-Star break. But here we are. And with uh, 12 games left, uh, the Washington Wizards are, as of right now, in the playoffs. I mean, right. we're here. I mean, when we last did the show, they were just outside. I think they were 11th spot. Now they're technically 10th. We could be seeing playoff basketball this year. I would love to see playoff basketball. The only problem is, like you said, there's only a few games left, and a lot of them are against a lot of good teams that are also right. fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, you got the L.A. Lakers now with AD back. That's going to be a Wednesday night game on ESPN. Uh, San Antonio is always a good team. Those two are coming up. you got two against Cleveland at, at our winnable games. Dallas is kind of – they're always kind of up in the air. Either Luka goes out and just has a monster game, or they're just an average team. Indiana, same kind of deal with them. Milwaukee, they're fighting. They're actually playing really well right now. So is Giannis. Uh, and then you got two against Atlanta later on with the last four games of the season in Atlanta. Uh, so those are going to be two tough games as well. But you got that big road stretch of five straight games on the road. So can they actually keep up this pace? Now, I don't know if they're going to keep up this pace with these kind of tough teams coming out. Uh, but at the same time, you have to look at uh, how they're playing right now. And it's a good positive sign because, like you said, not that many games left. And if they're going into the playoffs hot, so-so, you know, you never know what might happen. You never know. You never know. And, again, nine of the last ten games have been won by the Washington Wizards, which is just crazy. Uh, yep. If you're looking at the playoff picture right now in the Eastern Conference, you got Brooklyn leading in the one seed. you got Philly at two. Milwaukee at three, Knicks at four, the New York Knicks, who have just, behind Julius Randle's just tremendous year, uh, Tom Thibodeau. are a top 
four team in the East, which is wild. And Tom Thibodeau, for sure, is a big part of that. Atlanta at the five seed right now, Boston at six. And then you have the four teams that would be battling um, in the new play-in type format. you got Miami at seven, Charlotte at eight, Indiana at nine, and the Wizards at ten. Uh, the Wizards have a game and a half up on both Chicago and up on Toronto. Um, so it's not over yet. I mean, that's the thing. You can't automatically pencil mm-hmm. in the Wizards at this point. They've got games against Toronto uh, coming up in a bit. They've got games against a good Atlanta team, like you mentioned. you got two against them. That's a top-five team in the East. So the schedule doesn't really get very easy here in the final stretch. Uh, but there is a path. There is a path, and we could see um, – you know, a possible, I believe it's it's it would be what, the 9 and the 10 I think might play, and then I, I forget how they're doing it with the with the new uh, yeah. new format, but um, uh, yeah, teams seated 7 it's all confusing. 10 <laughs> will play a play-in tournament. Um, so uh, the main thing is, if you're the Washington Wizards, now it doesn't serve you to not make the playoffs at this point, because if you're going to not make the playoffs, you need to be like the Detroit Pistons, be last place in the East. Like, if you're not going to make the playoffs – you got to be really bad and, and and get a good pick. If you don't make the playoffs now and they finish like 11th, then you're getting like, you know, a, a 9 or 10 pick or something like that. And, and it's not really where you would want to be or even beyond. You might be closer to like a 12 or 13 at that point. So right. we'll see if they make it in. Now, uh, the other big news this week was Denny Advedia, uh, uh hairline ankle fracture. He's done for the year. This was his rookie season. This was uh, – it's done now. I mean, 6.3 points per game, 4.9 rebounds per game. Mike, you and I were pretty high on Denny coming out of the draft. We were pretty excited, especially looking at his tape. He's a guy that, uh, at least going into the season, was a guy that uh, moved around well with the ball, um, playmaker, that sort of guy. This year, uh, we didn't really see a lot of that. It was more of Scott Brooks' offense kind of had him more as a, as a spot shooter on the outside, which is not really what his strength is. I just don't know if he really fit well with this team this season, and now his season's done. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing is this was more so a development season for him because when it comes down to international players, they have to get used to the NBA and how the NBA works because overseas, obviously, as you know, and some people may not know out there, overseas, they have different uh, rules, they have different uh, league standings, they have different uh, timing for certain leagues and all that kind of stuff with uh, you know, uh, clock management and all that kind of – so it's a bunch of different things that you have to uh, take, in, take into account. And I thought this was more of a development year for him. Get him used to it. Learn under Russ and Beal and uh, and some other guys uh, that are on the team. Maybe even a, a Rui who, um, who who can help be a mentor to him as well. Uh, but he was doing that early on. He was learning from the guys, and I, I heard it in a bunch of different press conferences that he was actually uh, you know learning a bunch in the first couple months of being on the team. I just don't think, as you said, he kind of fit with what Scott Brooks wanted him to do, but also that it's hard when you have a Russ Westbrook on the team who's taking the ball when you're used to having the ball most of the time. It's kind of like being on a team with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving always needs the ball. But if you're one of those guys that you know needs the ball, it's kind of difficult. Uh, you know, because you don't get that that many touches. And when you do get the touches, you have to make the most of them. And also, I don't think – I'm trying to look at his stats right now to see how many minutes a game he played. I didn't feel like he played – uh, very often, if, if that if that makes sense, because I mean, it says he only played 23 minutes a game, so it's, he's basically averaging two quarters, uh, which is not that much. And you know, looking at it, obviously you have Bertans and you have Rui and different guys of that nature. But I mean, I think Denny could easily have have been in the starting lineup uh, and and played 
close to 25 to 30 minutes a game rather than less than 24 minutes a game. I mean, I just think that he may needed more time, but also with the the changes uh, all the way through the the roster with uh, with Wagner and Len and Gaffer and all these guys. I mean, it's it's a definitely different situation that they have right now, especially Troy Brown Jr. as well when he was on the team. Yeah. So it's like you're you're looking at all these different players, and that's why I keep mentioning like they need to get more uh, you know, big men or more uh, guards or whatever because I think they just have a cluster of just guys that can play the 3-4, and Denny is the kind of guy that can play the 3. He also play the 1, uh, but at the same time, I just think they have him as a small forward. We just have way too many small forwards, way yeah. too many power forwards. Like, get a, get a center and then get, a, get another you know, guy that can play uh, you know, guard. It's just like I just think they're just so jam-packed in there that playing time is tough, and when you have to play a certain way like you just said – and you can't be that guy that that you know Brooks wants you to be. Your playing time is going to go down. So it's just it's basically supply and demand of who's going to help me now. And he, I just don't think he got a fair shot in my opinion. Yeah, the hope is that Denny doesn't end up like a Troy Brown Jr. who was drafted as a three and D type guy and um, now is no longer on this team. So you know that's the hope is you never you don't want to waste a draft pick. Um, right. in, a, in a guy. And, and obviously it's too early to say that they've done that. I mean, it's just one season with Denny. Denny didn't even get to play the full season. Um, still very talented guy, but you look at the, around the league at some of the other guys that have made a big impact, rookies, um, guys like your your favorite player, Sadiq Bey, um, guys <laughs> like uh, uh, some of the guys out in, in like Sacramento, and th- like Tyrese Halliburton and things like that. So, right, right. you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where Denny, he played all right at times. Did he make the impact that maybe would excite you for a rookie? Probably not. Is it a, a development year? Sure. Um, so you got to cut him some slack. But it stinks. I mean, you never like to see a guy done for the year, especially in his rookie campaign. So we'll see right. uh, Denny return next season, and we'll see what this team even looks like next season. So as right. Mike mentioned, 12 games left. Uh, big ESPN game on Wednesday, national TV. I know I'll, I'll be watching, um, and we hope you guys are as well because this team is – Playoff push. Look forward to some playoff coverage if this team qualifies for it. A team that is uh, lock it in right now. Definitely going to be <laughs> making the playoffs. Uh, here we go. The Washington Capitals. Yeah, I think there's no danger in this team not making it in. The Washington Capitals, 31-13-4. And, um, and actually, as we speak, uh, the East uh, looks like the division changed a little bit with Pittsburgh winning. Now, Pittsburgh takes the first spot in the East right as of right now. It's 67 points. The Caps sit at 66 points. Um, but 31-13-4, and four, Mike, is the Washington Capitals with eight games to go. Two big wins yep. over the aisles this weekend, Mike, this week. Two, two very, very big wins. And, uh, I mean, when you're looking at uh, the aisles, like I said last week, they play very, very tough under Barry Trotz. Their defense is spectacular. Uh, but the, the problem is – is that when you play the Isles, it's kind of like a like a salt in a wound kind of thing because you're playing against Barry Trotz. And obviously, it's been a couple seasons, but you have to think about it and say, hey, we need to make sure we don't lose the Isles because the Isles have always been like a stepping stone. Like, okay, everyone has to beat the, the Islanders. But now that they have a, a great coach and they actually have a, a good nucleus, now they're a great team. So also, as you mentioned, uh, the Pittsburgh obviously has one more game uh, than, than we do because they just played against Boston. And also, like I said, this past week, we only played two games when Pittsburgh, I believe, played three maybe. Um, but again, we have two huge games against Pittsburgh this week on Thursday and on Saturday. Uh, so that's going to be huge. And that's going to be a real big deal because when it comes down to it, I mean, I hate Pittsburgh. 
I hate Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh is like, I mean, I'm trying to figure out a team that you hate uh, uh, more than anything. Um, it's tough. What? I don't what's really, a team that you hate the most? I mean, as a Nats fan, I, I don't like the Phillies. Right, um, right. I definitely hate on them. I mean, I hate on the Astros, like the rest of the league, um, the Dodgers. But I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know if there's a team that I hate as much at that level. That like the, as a Lions fan, team. like do you have do you like hate the no, Bears that much? Everybody beats us. So there's nothing. There's no. I mean, you'd have to hate football in general as right. a Lions fan, and then as that's a like, Pistons fan, same thing. There's really no rivalries and things like that right, right now. So. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I hate it goes for me it goes Dallas the Cowboys and the Pen- Penguins. Sure. Um, and that's just that's just how it is, and it's always been like that for me. I've always hated Pittsburgh ever since uh, they they had uh, the first clash between Ovi and Sid. It's just been it's just been how it is, and all the the the, the turmoil we've been through in the playoffs. I, I'm just glad, and I will say I'm glad that uh, Pittsburgh is now in the top two because. I would like to play them possibly in the first round because of the sole fact that we match up that with them pretty well because I'm also a little scared of Boston. Uh, I just think Boston has the, the first two lines, especially getting Taylor Hall from the Devils, is a huge increase for them in, in productivity. So when it comes down to it, I just don't want to face Boston because I think Tuka Rask can actually stand on his head and be a, a, a phenomenal a Vesna tro- win- winning trophy uh, or winner in trophy, whatever you know what I'm saying. He he can be one of those top top three guys right. in the whole entire NHL. So when it comes down to it, I don't want to pl- uh, play you know Brad Marchand, Pasternak, Taylor Hall, uh, Bergeron, and also have Tuka Rask in, in between the pipes. And uh, I just think that you know we play them really well, but at the same time. It's been, you know, give or take between us and Boston. I don't want to play them. I'd rather play, obviously, the Isles because I think we could take the Isles easily. Um, uh, maybe not easily, but more easily than everybody else uh, because right now our season series with them is, is really favoring the Caps. Um, but, I mean, who knows? That's the yeah. thing. When you look at, our, look at our schedule, we have to play another one against New York on Tuesday. Then we got a, the, the, the two biggest games probably now besides the last two games in our season – against Pittsburgh at home on Thursday and Saturday. I mean, those are going to be huge as well. But the, the, the remaining schedule here, we got eight games left. Okay, eight games, and uh, I guess, what, let's see, one, two, three, four, let's see, five. We had six games against pretty much a playoff contenders. Right. Because you got one against New York, uh, the, the Isles, two against Pittsburgh, two against the Rangers, and also against Boston, the, the season ender. And that's what I was trying to tell you off air is that the biggest thing that we should be looking at is New York, the Rangers. The Rangers right now are beating Buffalo 2-1. to one. If they can actually make a run and, and, and win against Boston in the final two games of the season, you know, gain four points, they're going to be in. And I would love to play the Rangers because I hate the Rangers too. Sure. I mean, it's just how it is. So, I mean, when you're looking at the standings, I just think that when it comes down to it, I'm going to be a Rangers fan until the playoffs happen. But, you know, I'm just rooting against Boston because I have a couple friends also who are Boston fans. And I'm just like, you know, screw screw Boston. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think I, I just don't like anybody apparently. Boston, um, <laughs> Boston gets all the winning all the time anyway. So, right. Mean, you got the Patriots run. Yeah, the Bruins, of course, which is a good team as well. The Celtics are are always in the mix. I mean, they mm-hmm. they got and the Red Sox winning world, multiple World Series in the last decade. So I'm tired of Boston. They're, they they get too much winning. Well, if the Rangers right now, like I said, while we're recording this, they're up three one against Buffalo, and they also play another one against Buffalo, and Boston has to play another one against Pittsburgh. I mean, that's going to be a huge deal because right now the Rangers are six points back, and they need to make a little bit of a run. Philly is pretty much out of it; they're only, they're eleven points back. But at the same time, the Rangers, I mean, if they make a little run, I'll be I'll be excited for that because I don't think the Rangers are are, are 
as talented as they have been in, in years past. But we shall see. It's going to be a really fun uh, little uh, trip here in the last uh, about seven to nine games for everybody. So we'll see. The season ends Tuesday, May 11th. That's when the Caps will take on Boston. They'll be at home for the Caps. They get to end the season on a three-game homestand, so that's always nice as well. It's great. Um, and then we'll be – I mean, it's quite possible that we could be talking Wiz playoffs and Caps playoffs on this show. Not a bad time to be a D.C. sports fan. Uh, one more on the crossover here. We're going to head over to the Diamond, talk a little Nats. The Washington Nationals. Mike, on this episode, what I want to do here is let's play a little grading action, a little grades. You're a teacher. You give out grades. grades. If a student, would you ever, um, if if I was your student, let's say, this is a hypothetical. Oh, what grade are you in? Um, uh, I don't know. Whatever grade you teach, I don't know. I I teach. I teach K through six. Okay. Well, I am. uh, I'm in uh, fifth, fifth, sixth grade, something like that. Ooh, Um, that's not my favorite. uh, And I let's say my grade. I know my grade. I'm not at an A. I'm at like a B or B plus. And I'm like, if I bring in for Mr. Cerrone, I bring him um, a couple boxes of. Let's see. Let's go. I'm trying wow. to think. This is getting some, really uh, intense. Some Little Debbie. I'm trying to think of oh. what product. Whatever won our, our Tasty Cake thing or whatever won our contest. Were they the... Uh, I think it was the... It, it was the... Was it, the it, wasn't, it wasn't the Donuts, right? Donuts lost, I think. Yeah, because it, it came between the Donut... Because it was Fudge Rounds, Milk, Chocolate Chip Cookies, the Donuts, and then... What was that uh, that corner one that I'm thinking of? Um, Here, I'm gonna look at the episode right now. We had yeah. Uh, look at yeah. I'm, I have it on my championship. Um. Oh well, this isn't helpful at all. Um, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up. I have the. I have the picture on my phone. Okay. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can get the. Uh, that's a chicken sandwich one. All right, here it is. Final four. Okay, we had the butterscotch crimpets from Tasty Cake. Right. The double chocolate frosted donuts from Hostess. The Entenmann's milk chocolate chip cookies and the fudge rounds from Little Debbie. <sighs> and I believe. Uh, milk chocolate chip cookies won, didn't they? I think they did. <laughs> I don't know. You got to go back and listen to the episode. But yeah, go back and listen. Whatever. To the <laughs> let's just say I brought in. Oh, let's say I brought a package of each of those four for you. Oh. And it's, and, and it's the day before you're going to be submitting your final grades, and I bring you these four boxes, and I say, Mr. Sharone, you've been a great teacher this year. I know sometimes I was a little misbehaving. I know during dodgeball, I. Um, you know, I, I I ran away from school just in Whoa. general. <laughs> I ran away from. Okay. Well, that's intense! Um, oh my god! I know that uh, when you were speaking a couple times, I'd make farting noises into my armpit, um, and I, I kind of make. What fun, are we back in the nineties? I made fun of you a few <laughs> times for sure, but you know what? I'd like you to take these four boxes um, as a token of my appreciation for your teaching, um, and I'd, I'd hope you take them into consideration when you're submitting your final grades. I would just, I would say, all right, thanks, Ben, and I'll just give you a four because I, I don't care. <laughs> you tossle my hair and, and, and send me out. See, the that's door. the thing. So I have to give, uh, at least in Fairfax, I know Loudon has some different grades and stuff like that. For Fairfax, for, um, for all the grades, you have to give a one through four, and four is like an A plus, and one sure. is basically an F. I don't give any ones. I give a few twos every now and then, um, right. but uh, 
The median is around four or three. Okay. Uh, obviously, th- this year is different though because the sole fact that we've had virtual, so it's kind of hard to grade someone when. Well, I'm hoping my off. boxes of donuts would get me from. A oh, you would get a four four across the board, man. Easily. All right, that's good. If that's you, all especially I need if, to know. especially fudge rounds. Especially fudge. That's rounds. all I need to know. Well, we have some Washington <laughs> Nationals players that we're going to be giving some grades to. That was a long um, talk about fudge rounds. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into these grades here. Uh, and and Mike and I will each just kind of give our grade. And obviously, we understand it's early. Blah blah blah. We're giving grades anyways. Right. Uh, let's start off with Trey Turner. Um, Trey Turner on the year: two seventy four average, three twenty one on base, four seventy nine slug, uh, three doubles, four homers, eight RBI, three walks, and five stolen bases for Trey Turner. I will lead us off, Mike. Okay. And this is based around obviously their performance here versus kind of also like where you expected them to be at this stage and kind of what you expect them to be this season. I'll give Trey a solid B uh, in, in my book right now. I think, um, you know, we talked about it over text that Trey Turner, one of the best shortstops in Major League Baseball, he's a little underrated. People talk about other big names like Francisco Lindor and things like that. Trey Turner has mm-hmm. consistently been a great shortstop. Um, and, and obviously when you combine power and speed, uh, you like the four homers, Eight RBI. You kind of wish that number was a little bit higher. Um, and uh, the average two seventy four. You know, you'd like that as close to three hundred as possible, especially this early in the season. Obviously, if if he ends the season at two seventy four, you'd be pretty happy. But right now, you, you you want Trey to do a little bit better. So he's not quite in the A range. But for me, he's been a solid B for for this team. Are we giving minuses and, and pluses? Yeah, yeah. You can do minus. And minus. Okay. So I'll, I'll say a B plus, mainly for the sole fact that the guys around him haven't performed. And Juan Soto has, but Juan Soto's been out a little bit. Yeah. And also the sole fact that Josh Bell hasn't, you know, we'll get to him in a minute, but he hasn't he hasn't really come around as well um, since he's been back. And also Victor Robles, who's been a lot of the time a leadoff guy, he's hitting 214. So when you see a guy that is as, as, as great at the plate as Trey Turner, it's kind of hard when, you know, no one around you is really performing that well to the point where you can't perform because the pitchers are just like, We'll just walk you and let you steal bases if, ever, if everyone else is not going to hit you around. So I'll give him a solid B plus uh, just because of the sole fact that he has gotten four homers, eight RBIs, uh, and also, I mean, RBIs are hard to come by too, especially for him uh, being at the top of the order. But, I mean, five stolen bases is pretty solid as well. But you just hope that his on-base percentage, in my opinion, should be a little bit higher than that. So I will say yeah. a, a solid B plus, not an A, though. I'm with you. I think, I think 321 on base, you'd like that to definitely be higher. Um, but yeah, it's weird because uh, Trey Turner and Juan Soto are pretty much the only guys that can drive in runs on this team. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so we'll see. Seriously. Patrick Corbin uh, pitched today, four games, 0 and 3 record right now, 10.47 ERA, 14 strikeouts, 2.02 whip, 10 walks, 19 earned runs. That's a lot of runs. <laughs> like your grade for our guy, Patty. Oh, man, I love Patrick Corbin, but, uh, I mean, that whip number just – and a lot of people don't know what whip is, but if you look it up, I mean, 2.02 is probably one of the highest whips I've ever yeah, seen. you want something <laughs> sub one. If you're, if you're one uh, – I mean, sub one if is you're low one. Yeah, yeah, or low one is, is solid, but, yeah, two, 2.02 is not good. That's a it's a pretty that's a pretty high number, but uh, I mean, 14 Ks is also pretty uh pretty crazy in four games because I mean he has that wipeout slider which yeah. is crazy. But I, I think my grade for him would be a, a, a solid D yeah. because he did have that he did have that one right. that one good start which is like that one test grade that kind of puts you above the F threshold. Yeah, that's when your guesses <laughs> on the test somehow magically work right, out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'll give a solid D for uh, my man uh, PC over here. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm 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 gonna go D minus. 
Because um, this guy is supposed nine. to be the number three starter on this team. And for your number three starter to be 0-3, I mean, the record it doesn't really matter as much, but 10.47 ERA just can't happen. Um, 19 earned runs. I mean, I know Davey has kind of hung him out to dry at times, leaving him in games where maybe yeah, maybe you could have pulled him and helped some of that, those stats right. early. But this is supposed to be your number three starter, and he got worked today against Taiwan Walker. I mean, Patrick Corbin versus Taiwan Walker uh, on the mound, and Taiwan Walker ends up looking like an all-star pitcher today. That, that just can't happen for Patrick. Uh, Joe Ross, though, four games, 2-1 and one record, 4.64 ERA, mainly due to that one game where he gave up like 10 runs. Yep, um, 10 runs, yep. 18 Ks, uh, 1.22 whip, 7 walks, 11 earned runs. Um, Patrick uh, or Joe Ross, I think, honestly, I mean, considering this guy didn't even pitch last year, he was hurt for most of 2019, I'm going to go solid B plus for Joe right. Ross. I mean, this guy is supposed to be our fourth, fifth starter, kind of somewhere in that role, especially until John Lester comes back and then maybe Joe Ross becomes the fifth starter. But, hey, if, if I'm the Nats, when John Lester comes back, maybe Joe Ross is the fourth starter for this team and, and slide Lester in at five. Um, but we've seen one really bad game from Joe Ross, and everything else has been solid in those four games. Uh, the other day, his everything was really working, especially the sinker. He gave up, what, one run, something like that. Joe yep. Ross, I'm going six. B+. Plus. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to say the exact same B plus. Um, I was going to say maybe A, possibly A minus, like you yeah. know, sliding into that A minus range. But I'd say B plus uh, because you know, ten earned runs is a lot of runs. Right. I mean, that's a lot of runs. And yes, you have those type of outings every single uh, uh, time and again. But you know, it, it shouldn't have ten earned runs. That just puts you out of the ball game. I think right. it was in the fifth inning too. Um, but at the same time, you're looking at his last, uh, you know, kind of not redemption start, but kind of redeeming himself in general, where he comes back from having 10 earned runs and he goes six strong innings, one earned run, kept him in the ball game. And I believe that game also, he actually felt a little sense of security too, because the Nats scored runs in that ball game. Uh, I think they scored all seven other runs, if I'm not mistaken, in the first five innings. Right. So that was good for him saying, like, okay, I got some leeway. I'll go out here and pitch loose. Um, but I think that's a really good sign to see him go out there. And like you said, he could possibly be that fourth starter and go out there and, and hopefully be that guy to kind of also wedge himself in between two lefties, which is also a really good thing as well. So and if obviously a three-game series kind of goes that way. Right. Um, but if, if that happens, I'll take that all day. If, if he can go out there and hit and throw a three, three, maybe three, four ERA, something like that. I'll be happy with that for him on the season. Yeah, this is, and again, he didn't pitch last year, people. So what yeah. we're getting from him is, is pretty fantastic. I'm going to loop these two guys in together because they were both mm -hmm. the two big acquisitions, uh, Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber. So we're going to grade them both in, with one grade. <laughs> Bell okay. right now, 119 average, one bomb, three RBI. He's only gotten five hits this season so far, four walks, 25 strikeouts, 29 runners left on pace. Kyle Schwarber, 192 average, one home run, three RBI. They both have only put six runs across. Um, ten hits for Schwarber, though. Two walks, 18 Ks, and a .22 on, uh, on base percentage. Josh Bell, Kyle Schwarber, a combined grade for these two. I mean, I think, I think I have to do it, Mike. I think I have to give an F. I mean, <laughs> there it is. Here's the thing, and this is what I was a little worried about is right. Josh Bell was really good two years ago. He had a really good season for Pittsburgh, almost an MVP-type season for Pittsburgh. Last year, Josh Bell, COVID year, stats were all over the place. J.D. Martinez was horrible last year. This year, he's great. Josh Bell, 
Horrible last year. This year, very slow start. Doesn't really have a great glove at first base. He has not been hitting whatsoever. He's changing up his batting stamps now, which I don't like to see. Not great. Kyle Schwarber, another guy that the Nats were kind of betting on to have a good season after not being that great the past couple years. Uh, these were two guys that was they were a gamble, Mike. Just like you're, you're a gambling man. These are the oh, yeah. types of guys that maybe you put the low, uh, you know, you're putting low risk in, you're putting low low stakes uh, to try to get that parlay to pay off. Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber. So far, that parlay is not working. <laughs> it's really <laughs> not. Right. So I'm going F. I mean, this is just not working. 119 for Josh Bell, a yeah. one home run and three RBI for Kyle Schwarber. Three, one of those three RBIs was just him scoring on his home run. <laughs> So right. he's only driven two other people in all season yeah. long. Now, yeah, same thing for Bell. Right, and, <laughs> same and, the same thing. And yeah, it's like what nineteen, twenty games or something like that. They got time to turn it around, but starting off this slow is not a good sign. I'm going F. I mean, I have to say it too. They have to have an F because neither of them are hitting two hundred. I mean, two hundred is two for two for ten. I mean, let's be honest here. Andrew Stevenson's I mean, hitting two hundred. <laughs> that's right. I think I think Davey Martinez is hitting uh, two hundred right now. Um, but uh, I just think that when it looks, uh, you know, when you look at the stats here, the K's are really big. I hate runners left on base. I mean, that's that's one of the, the stats that really gets to me, uh, especially when you see them lose a game like, say, three to four, and they have 15 guys left in scoring position or something like right. that. Uh, it, that's something that just can't happen. And for a guy like Josh Bell who has that stature, like he can go out there and do it. Same with Kyle Schwarber. They can go out there and do it. If you're not doing it, then what's the point of you in the lineup? I mean, you can have Andrew Stevenson out there, and I mean, he might have a good game every three or something like that, but he'd probably be doing better than Schwarber right now. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that they should be putting him in there because I'm not a huge Andrew Stevenson as a starter fan. Uh, but at the same time, you're just looking at these guys, and we said it at the beginning of the season, you especially. Um, I think I leaned more on Josh Bell and uh, Kyle Schwarber to be those type of guys. I thought it might happen more so Josh Bell rather than Kyle Schwarber, but. It's going to hurt me to keep saying Schwarber. Um, but uh, at the same time, for you, you were the one who side on the air caution because you were like, you know, I'm, I'm not really so sure about this, that, that we're going to get the numbers that we needed. But just looking at, like I said, on-base percentage for, for, for Schwarber, 2-2-2, two, 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 I mean, that's nothing. I mean, literally, that is literally nothing. All the Ks, I mean, they both have a ton of Ks. Yeah. The runners left on base for – I mean, it's just, it's just not good right now. And like you said, 19 games, they got a lot of games to play. But I'm just hoping that somehow, you know, uh, so when Strauss comes back and, uh, and and Soto comes back and we kind of get more of a full cast of characters, maybe Lester as well, maybe we'll get some more quality starts from Corbin. Maybe it'll kind of turn the ties a little bit and not put so much pressure. Because I think they got a lot of pressure right now because of what, uh, you know, Fetty's been doing on the mound and what Corbin's been doing on the mound. Because the sole fact that we haven't had – you know, the ace staff that we've had in the past. But I think that, you know, if the pressure kind of gets alleviated just a little bit, maybe they can turn things around. But I'm not going to push all my chips in on them getting a combined 45 bombs together yeah. uh, as of right now. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to be happening. And Josh Bell, I mean, they're they're striking him out left and right. Uh, just high fastballs away. He's just not touching them, especially from the left side. Left five runners on base today. Well, like you said, though, also, not to interrupt you, but yeah. like you said, changing his swing this early is like, or his stance or whatever sign. they said, yeah. it's yeah. like, come on now, that's a that's a little uh, worrisome. Yeah, uh, he was trying to do in. some sort of Ichiro thing they were saying on the broadcast today or something. He was doing something with his legs. That's not a good sign. When a guy who's literally, you're not, you don't bring in Josh Bell for his glove 
for his arm or anything like yeah. that. You bring in Josh Bell because you want him to hit 40 bombs in a season and drive in, um, you know, 90-plus runs. I mean, that's what you're trying to do. And right now, three RBI for him, three RBI for Kyle Schwarber. Not good. We'll do one more here before we move on. Victor Robles. So this is an interesting guy. So 214 average, no home runs yet this season, one RBI, one stolen base, eight walks and 15 Ks for Victor Robles. The Nats have moved him around in the lineup here and there. Um, you know, he'll be batting leadoff and then – um, some games that he doesn't start, they'll obviously pinch hit him later in the game. And, uh, you know, Victor Robles, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, um, that if Victor Robles bats, you know, 250, 260, gets on base a lot, um, gets some steals here and there, th- then you're going to be happy with it. Vic- is a really good glove out in the outfield. You're going to be happy with him. Uh, Mike, today, Victor Robles in a four nothing in a close game, I don't even know if it was four nothing at that point. It might have been no, it's just two nothing at that point. Victor Robles stings one to the gap, right? Comes around second base. Uh, your boy Bob Henley given the stop sign at third, and Robles blows through the stop sign and gets thrown out at third base. I don't um, think he looked. I don't even think he, he looked he on, the, on the he replay. Didn't catch his, <laughs> yeah, he didn't catch the third base coach, and he gets thrown out at third base. And this is what you get with Victor Robles sometimes. This is not the first time that he's messed up on the base paths or done something uh, where he's – it's kind of like what Harper used to do, Mike. Remember, Harper would always kind of catch flack where he's going almost too hard at times, and he would – and then you'd be like, well, you can't get mad at him for going 110% and stuff like that. But he would almost get hurt or do different things. With Robles – kind of the same deal he kind of pushes the issue a little bit too much sometimes he and and then you get what happened where today this could have been a 2-1 ball game or even 2-2 within the first couple innings and it's a different game if guys like Josh Harrison doesn't get picked off and Victor Robles doesn't get thrown out at third because Joe Ross was coming up next and because uh, Robles was in the eighth spot today uh, Patrick Corbin you mean. Patrick Corbin sorry Corbin would have right. bunted Robles over to third and yep. then next thing you know we get a run it's suddenly two to one at that point so Robles, my grade for him right now, I mean, honestly, is going to be a C minus. I think um, you've seen that the Robles at the top of the order experiment isn't really working. I don't know where you put him in the lineup where it is working. I mean, eight spot you kind of like because then if he does get on, you just bunt him along. Um, but if he gets thrown out at third base, it's not going to work. So you'd like to see him um, get on base a little bit more and 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 it, maybe in that low in that lineup, maybe driving a run or two. But right now, I'm going to go C minus. I'm going to go with a D, just a straight D, because the sole fact that I, his average just, 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 you know, hurts my soul. It's yeah. like, dude, you, you are such one of these high, high profile prospects and all that kind of stuff. And he's given a lot more leniency than Carter Keyboom has because he's such a great outfielder. Sure. But the problem is, is like, you know, and obviously I haven't been a real big believer in, oh, yeah, he hits better in the one hole than he does in the eight hole because it's like, when I used to play baseball back in the day, I didn't care if I was hitting third. I didn't care if I was coming off the bench. I mean, I'm going up there to hit. I mean, it's right. like you if, if you go, let's get on. I mean, base. you're yeah to get on base. It's like okay, oh man, I I have a lot of pressure on me because I'm hitting leadoff today. It's like you're a professional baseball player. Right. I mean, go out there and hit the ball. I mean, it's, you're hitting 214. You got one RBI, one one stolen base is what really kills me too because he has some good speed. Right. And I mean, it, it's just it's just a matter of time where it's like, what do you do? with all these experiments because that's the time where oh yeah we're just experience early in the season it's early in the season well stop doing experiments and trying to get these guys in a groove because it's like hockey for instance you put 
you know, Ovechkin on the first line, Backstrom on the second line, or whatever. Some of these things are due to injury, where they have to change up lines when it comes to the hockey uh, hockey line formations. But most of the time, you want to have a cohesive line. I mean, you saw uh, Sprong take Ovechkin's spot when Ovechkin got hurt. Which, by the way, I, I saw that I think it was Ovechkin's fifteenth game in his entire career. He's missed of injury. Which is kind of crazy. That's nuts. Uh, that's w- nuts. Which was nuts. But that's just a side note. But Sprong like was in the third line or something like that and jumped up to the first line because they didn't want to mess up the cohesiveness of Mantha, Oshie, and Backstrom. And you're looking at it and saying like, why are you going to keep changing these lines? Like where you are in the order and stuff. Like, oh, well, he he can get hot up here. That's why I hated when they did it with Ian Desmond all the time. True. Ian Desmond was more so like a seven hole hitter. They kept putting him in the second hole and he'd strike out four times when we had a guy on base. Uh, yeah. When we had a when we had a, a Denard Span on base or whatever. I mean, it's like. It's like, come on, man. Just put him in a, in a spot and leave him there. Right. Like, he, he's going to have to get out of the funk himself. It's not about where he is in the order. That's just a piece of paper that says your name on it. And, th- and that's one credit that Dusty Baker uh, does get is Dusty Baker didn't really mess around with the lineup too much. Um, he'd leave a guy in, even if he was struggling in a specific spot. Dusty Baker would leave a guy in. Like, a, when Jason Worth was struggling, Jason Worth still got that three-hole or whatever, two-hole, whatever Jason Worth was batting yeah. back then um, spot. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Victor Robles... Davey has to figure out what to do with him um, because, I mean, when Andrew Stevenson's playing better than you and you're supposed to be, uh, you know, at least two times better than Andrew Stevenson, if you're Victor Robles, one of the best prospects to come through the system, I mean, you got to be performing better than this uh, if you're Robles. So, yeah, I think the tough grade is okay. Let me make a real quick, uh, I guess you could say, uh, correction of what I just said. So it does matter when it comes down to being close to like where you are with Soto. For instance, if Soto hits fourth, well, yeah. then you have to have a guy in front of him that's going to protect him with the counts and all that kind of stuff. And the behind, same thing him. behind yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, but that's the only time in the order, not when you're talking about leadoff or right, 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 right. That's what I'm talking about. No, no, absolutely. And I, and I think with Robles, again, that's the big thing is you got to figure out where the heck do you put him where he can be productive and do what you need him to do because right now it's just not really working. And right. it's early, 2019, 20 games, whatever. It's still. We're not overreacting. Yeah, we're just, yeah, we're just, yeah. we're not pushing the panel about... button like we said. We said. Um, all right, that's enough with the Nats. And uh, let's get into the forecast. So here's what's on the schedule this week for our teams here the Washington Wizards will play the Spurs on Monday, Lakers Wednesday, Cavs Friday, and Dallas on Saturday. Um, you know, you look at that slate of games, I think you could easily see this team go two and two. You could see a scenario where the team goes three and one. I mean, I think you could see this team beating Spurs, Cavs, and Dallas possibly, and continuing the hot streak for the Wizards. We'll see there. Uh, what about the Washington Capitals this week, Mike? The Washington Capitals have three very important games, as I mentioned earlier. On Tuesday, they play at home against the Isles after two on the road in Brooklyn, and then they play two home games against the Pens. So a nice little home stretch here. Hopefully, we get some home cooking and get a win against the Isles, and maybe two against the Pens. I would be happy with a split or maybe an overtime uh, win or even a loss just to get one point um, because we want to fight for that spot. But, hey, if we get second in the East, I'm not going to you know yeah, go crazy I mean, about it. You're but, in the playoffs. You're a hot team. That's all that really right. matters. Right, and also with Ovechkin not in the lineup right now, and they say right now he is actually uh, day-to-day, so they don't know he's questionable for Tuesday, which, honestly, I'd say just keep him out and yeah. let him come back for the Pens games because no, no, I would rather him play for the pen, uh, play against the Pens. But, yes, those three games are very, very important. But the Nats have two winnable series. Yeah, they do. I mean, you've got Toronto. Now, Toronto's a pretty good team, though, Mike. I mean, I will say Toronto, I think yeah. last time I checked, they were you know in the three, four spot somewhere in the division. Um, I'm really excited for that series because I, I don't get to watch uh, Toronto play that much, and I, they have so many Who does? talent. Who does? <laughs> Bo Bichette, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, they have some really, really fun guys. Kevin Biggio, 
Um, so, you know, I, I think that will be a real fun couple games. And then you got Miami, who Miami's no pushover. In the years past, when that three-game series with Miami came up, you went, oh, thank God. Now we can take two or three at least and help the record out a little bit. Miami is not a pushover anymore. They have really, really good pitchers. Hitters here and there, not not so great. Jazz, Jazz Chisholm Jr., though. Shout out to him. He's on my fantasy team. This guy can Jazz. rake. Uh, Jazz. Jazz is his front, first name, uh, just like the, like the, uh, the music genre. Um, Jazz Chisholm the, Jr. The Utah Jazz. You're going to love seeing him uh, in those three games against Miami. He's a fun player to watch. I think he's got his hair dyed blue. He's, he's a blast. Ooh. So that will be fun. Nats, these are not pushover games. I think Toronto, you come away with a split, you'll be happy, especially on the road. Um, even though Toronto is not even playing in Toronto these days, they're playing in Florida uh, because they, they still can't go over the border yet um, for COVID. So, right. And then Miami, those games will be home for the Nats. you got to take two or three against Miami, though. I mean, it's a good team, but if you're the Nats and you're supposed to be contending for the division, you got to win those types of games. Um, so right. we'll, we'll take a look at the Nats uh, this week. We'll see how they do. It will be a lot of fun. Let's move on to the final lap. 90 seconds of quick analysis on big stories in sports. This is when I get Mike's thoughts. Here we go. The European Super League comes and goes within the span of the week. Mike, I gave you, I told you about the Super League last week. You didn't even, you had, it had just broken. Now it's gone. So you missed it, Mike, entirely. <laughs> I was I was so uh, excited for it for a second, and I was like, oh, wait, it's, it's gone. Uh, <laughs> because, it's honestly, over. I'm tired of seeing Real Madrid play, you know, this team that, that has a bunch of, you know, high school players on right. it, and then just, then just whooping up on them. So right. I like the Champions League, but this would have been phenomenal, but it's gone. Charles Barkley in trouble for saying Georgia Bulldogs named their mascot after the women down in Georgia, saying that they look like d- Bulldogs. Oh, oh, that's what it meant. Yeah, I was yeah, asked, yeah. I was looking, I was asking Alexa earlier, like, what was the mascot's name, and I didn't get it. No, no, I was no, no, to go. no, no. Say that, <laughs> say that the women look like Bulldogs. Any, any thoughts on that, Mike? It's, a, it's. I think it's an Auburn, uh, Georgia kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Auburn, and, so. and you can't. I mean, Charles Barkley. That's just what you get with him. He says wild things. <laughs> he can't get mad. Chuck. A bar in Ohio is refusing to show NBA games until LeBron retires. They will never yeah. play an NBA game in their bar. I saw that, and I was like, are we still going on with this Ohio-Cleveland-LeBron thing? Like, let's just get up, let's get past it. He got him a I mean, championship. Bet, what are they I complaining mean, they, about? Uh, they're going to be losing some business, I think. Gronk catches a football, dropped 600 feet out of a helicopter for a world record. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm glad you're impressed. <laughs> Usman beats Masvidal in UFC 261. I didn't watch Ooh. the fights. I did see a couple broken leg highlights. It did not right. look pretty. I can say yeah, that. Yeah, Weidman actually broke his leg. I watched the replay once, and I was like, nope, not again. And then uh, Masvidal just got, I mean, just got owned. Yeah. I saw, uh, as soon as I saw disclaimer, this is going to be gross, I was like, yes. ah, I better watch. Um, yeah. Last one here. Would Mike give up alcohol and fast food for a year for a solo round at Augusta? Free of charge. You have the whole course to yourself, Mike. For the weekend, we'll say you can play. You got a full day. You can play a couple rounds in a day if you'd like. You could go around Saturday, around Sunday, whatever you'd like to do. You've got the weekend at Augusta, and you're by yourself. Or you can have other friends play. But my point is you're not having to wait for people on the course. Like, the course is rented out to you, Mike, for the weekend. But you have to give up. I mean, this one is a good one. I feel like feel like you're really pushing the boundaries. I'll give up uh-huh. alcohol and fast food for a year, 365 days for this prize. What do you say? Now, I would lean Ooh. towards the no route, ah. mainly mainly because 
I mean, that's over in a day, and you're talking about 360, I guess 364 days. I'm giving days, you the weekend, that's... though. You're getting multiple uh, days. You can uh, play Saturday and Sunday. You can play, You can use the weekend as much as you want. You could get in four rounds, like two a day. You get, you get Saturday and Sunday. The whole course is rented out for you at Augusta. One of the greatest courses known to man. And it's all free. Food, uh, carts, everything is free. All oh, yeah. Now we're just adding on to it now. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pushing for uh, You're just fishing right now. All right. Um, I'm still going to say no. Okay. I'm still going to say no. Mainly okay. because the sole fact that that, I mean, yes, it's a weekend and stuff like that, but it's like it just goes so quickly, especially golf. And I have a friend that's actually a pretty pretty good golfer. I don't know about anymore. He lives in Japan or something like that. And uh, for the sole fact that, yeah, I like the buzzer sound. Yeah. And then uh, he lives it. in Japan or something. So I haven't played uh, for his, or played with him in a long time. Right. But he played Beth Page Black one time. Right, right, and right. At the, at, I played that, that in video he, games. That's all I know. <laughs> it's right. At that time, he was about a five handicap, right. and he hit like a 99. And when you're a five handicap and you hit a 99 yeah. on a professional course, this seems kind of uh, like a oh, why did I even come here? Uh, right. Situation. Okay, that so. could be the danger in playing on the course at nights. If you have a bad weekend, a couple right. rounds, it could sully your time for sure. You feel like you just wasted it. But still, that's the biggest thing. Still, one of I the mean, greatest I, courses I, in the world. I think when I was playing this summer, I think I was around a nine to eleven handicap. And the problem with that is, if I go out there and I hit 112, I'm going to be really pissed. Yeah. So it's gonna, it's gonna. Oh, and I'm just gonna say, I just lost all my time with, with alcohol and fast food. That's gonna, d- that's like, gonna make it even worse. I feel like this was one of my best ones, though. Oh, it has been. Okay. Oh, right. trust right. me. I'm trust working me. on it. I will get there, Mike. I You're will getting get there, there, man. All You're right. on the tip of the iceberg. We'll, right now. we'll wrap things up with the money line. This is where Mike and I make our picks. Um, unfortunately, I go 0 and 2 last week. Um, I mean, the Wings almost had it, man. They almost had <laughs> Dallas. Um, and then uh, I had whatever the other pick was. It didn't work out either for me. Um, but Mike. Oh, that was the Tigers and the Pirates. Right, Tigers, Pirates. Tigers should have won, but Tigers can't score a run right now. It's actually embarrassing. <laughs> so I've decided to stay away from my teams entirely this week. Good idea. Uh, but Mike is leading right now at 4-4. Four and four. I'm at 3-5. and five. Um, My picks of the week. So we got a lock and we've got an upset. My lock of the week, Brewers-Marlins on Monday. Corbin Burns, one of the greatest pitchers in the league right now that's not named Jacob DeGrom. And you probably haven't even heard of him if you're a casual baseball fan. Corbin Burns, 2-1 record, 0.37 ERA. The guy is unbelievable. He's going to continue that. That's a lock. Brewers over Marlins on Monday. My upset, number one seed, the Utah Jazz, who just qualified, who just clinched their playoff spot already. We still have like 10 games to go. Utah Jazz right. has already clinched. The Sacramento Kings come to town, and they play the Jazz on Wednesday. That's going to be my upset. I'm going to say my Sacramento Kings are going to defeat the Utah Jazz. That is my pick. So is your lock the Brewers over the Marlins and then Burns gets the dub or just Burns gets the W? Um, right. Well, they'd have, they'd, well no, cause, cause either, obviously yeah. if the, if the Brewers win. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, so you're just going to say – so basically it's Brewers over the yeah, Marlins. Right, and you're just right. going to say as an added – That's just added, my note. Okay. That's just my note. Yeah. Well, I got, I got a little salty that my uh, Otani pick last week, uh, right. he, he wasn't in the, in the lineup. So I had to pick another lock. Went with the Wizards over the, the OKC Thunder because that was – basically a lock, but I didn't want to go with that one. I wanted to right. do something more. But anyways, so 
This week, my lock is the New York Rangers over Buffalo okay. because of Sofik. I mean, Sofik. I said so. Fact that uh, the Rangers are fighting for that spot, and Buffalo is just terrible. Um, but they are playing Buffalo right now, so they're going to have two games against Buffalo. And I hope that if Boston loses against Pittsburgh, then you know the Rangers can come back, as we talked about earlier. So that's my lock is the Rangers over Buffalo, uh, and then my upset is the Raptors over Denver. Now Jamal Murray is out uh, for Denver. But they do have who I think we didn't get to it earlier. But the MVP of the league this year is uh, Jokic, uh, the Joker. So I think that he's going to have a great game. But the Raptors, who are kind of getting a little healthier, which is a little bit uh, scary, some for the if that's even a word uh, for the Wiz, uh, that's going to be um, a nice little upset for the Raptors over Denver on Thursday because Denver will be playing in their third game in four days. Uh, so we shall see what happens there. But I went four and four. I'm a little upset that I'm four and four because I've been hot <laughs> on DraftKings Sportsbook sure. and on our on our money line here, not so hot at 500. Yeah, I think we both want to get above 500, just like the Washington Nationals want to get above 500 as well. <laughs> right, um, right. Or even be even close to 500 would be nice. <laughs> that would be um, nice. Alright, people, that is the DC crossover. This was your chance to hear about all your local sports teams here in the district. Be sure to catch our content on thecontender.com. As we mentioned, um, we'll be, uh, Mike will be doing some draft stuff this week we'll be doing um, draft recap stuff on Sunday uh, for the podcast. That will be fun. And then as playoffs approach, stay with this content as well, because I'm sure Mike and I will be doing some live stuff for the contender for Caps games and Wizards games yep. and things like that. If they're both playing in the playoffs, it's going to be fun uh, here in the district. To anytime your teams make the playoffs, no matter what seed they are, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, so look forward to that. And go catch our other episodes. Go listen to the Backyard Baseball Draft if you haven't done that already. And then find us on Twitter the, at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. Uh, Mike, any final thoughts before we close things out? So we were, we were uh, associated with the Detroit Lions, the Washington football team, and the Carolina Panthers. So you will hear my voice. Uh, ben helped write up some of that stuff. Uh, that we pre-recorded for the draft analysis. So those are our three teams for the DC crossover that we recorded. Uh, they might have us do some extra stuff for that. We don't know just yet. Uh, but yeah, definitely check all that stuff out. Uh, I am pretty happy today because of the sole fact that I, Ben knows this. I won 160 bucks in a parlay today. Uh, thanks for the Red Sox uh, t- not scoring any more runs. It was under eight and a half, and it was an eight total. So I was pretty Ooh. ecstatic about that. Well, it was five, sweat, right? five runs in the first inning. Ooh. I was not happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, definitely, definitely got that. And also, I'm enjoying a Port City Monumental IPA yeah. today just because I won that bet, and I'm pretty happy. Ah, well, good for you. I'm glad you're happy. If Mike is happy, then we are happy. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover. We will see you guys next week. Have a good one.